Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore. So excited to have you here with me. Um, if you are new to this podcast, I am a certified personal trainer, fitness nutrition coach, and behavioral change specialist. My wellness program, Empowered Fitness by Maria Moore, was started back in 2017. Since then, I've helped over 3,000 women lose weight naturally. I'm also a radio personality. Been doing that for about 25 years to date. And I am just passionate about helping people and becoming a better person myself. So that is a whole foundation for this podcast. So excited to have you today. I'm going to be talking about several things. It's a hodgepodge episode, capacity, pushing your limits, and action-oriented goals. But before I jump into that, I want to start with a mind, body, and business check-in. So I try to include these check-ins weekly as new episodes of the Mind, Body, and Business podcast drop on Wednesdays because I understand the importance of checking in with yourself from the many years that I've worked with women in my fitness programs that you know you can have a bad week and not do any evaluation and then carry the same mistakes from the previous week into the next week and then that bad week turns into a bad month that bad month turns into a bad quarter and then it's just throw the whole year away so we don't want that I encourage you to do weekly check-ins, evaluate how you're performing, look at the goals that you set for yourself, dissect the lessons that you were supposed to learn inside of those mistakes and move on and be better the following week. So what are you doing for your mind, body, and business? I love getting check-ins on social media, so make sure that you are following the Mind, Body, and Business podcast at MBB Pod. So mind, body, and business. I'm going to start with um, mind and body because I'm doing something for both and they're related to family time and just me time. I had a really great conversation with my adult son about this, actually like minutes before recording this episode. And I was talking about how important it is to normalize rest, to normalize doing things that you actually enjoy. Because oftentimes we feel like those are things that we have to earn. You know, you have to earn a cheap meal. You have to earn taking a nap or going on vacation. And in many aspects you do. You know, you have to earn enough money to afford these things. You have to make sure you have the time for these things. I'm mainly talking about just being still, doing something that's not necessarily making you money, but bringing you a whole lot of joy. You know, and I want more of that in my life. I want to normalize that. I want to have segmented parts of my day where it's just all about me being present with my family and actively doing something that makes me smile or makes me laugh. And so lately that's been traveling. That's something that I'm doing for my mind uh, and my body because when I think about body, I think about my feelings and how my feelings impact my physical performance, how my feelings impact the way that I think and how I interact with other people. And when I'm at peace with myself and I feel good about where my loved ones are in their life, man, my life is golden. Like, hey, nothing upset me. You probably could ask me for some money and I would give it to you, but don't do that. But, you know, I'm just in a really good space and I just feel good and optimistic about life. Now, I know I gave examples about traveling and and going places, but you can achieve this feeling of joy and this feeling of happiness and peace and doing things centered around you and your own joy without spending a lot of money. 
And so for me, that includes, you know, sitting down and watching my favorite show on Netflix, laughing really hard at my favorite comedians on social media, making space for those things without them overwhelming me and taking control of my day. Uh, But just having those little pockets of joy. I was doing this before, but not intentional. But now I am intentionally adding those moments of joy in my day. And it's really made a huge difference. Um, Also for my body, uh, just kicked off a new quarter for my Q2 program. So I'm working with 38 women from April to June, helping them, you know, master their nutrition and finding some balance between eating nutrient-dense foods and foods that are yummy. We don't call them cheat meals. We call them treat meals because cheat indicates you're doing something wrong. So really finding that balance, finding exercises and ways to get active and move that are enjoyable, uh, but also exercises that challenge the muscles, um, getting enough rest, making sure they're drinking water, but not doing everything all at one time. And so that's something that I'm doing for my body because inside of my programs, I'm not the coach that says, do this, do that. Like I like to get in it with my girls. And so I've set some goals for myself and I'll go ahead and share them with you because I'm going to be talking about this inside of this episode, action oriented goals. And this is something that has really transformed the way I approach my own personal fitness, because for a long time, I would have a measurement goal You know, I want my booty to be this big. I want my waistline to be this small. I want to weigh this much when I step on the scale. But now I'm focused on how I want to feel and what choices I make now that are going to benefit me 10, 20, 30 years from now. And I focus on action-oriented goals because those are the goals that I have the most control over. And like I said, we're going to go a little bit deeper into that later in the episode. But let me tell you what my goals are for the month of April. Uh, Number one, I want to make sure that I eat something green every day. So this morning, it was my omelet that included spinach and avocado, right? I also want to make sure that I'm drinking at least 12 ounces of water, possibly more, with each of my solid meals. In the past, I would get most of my water, you know, in by guzzling it down or drinking a whole lot during my exercise routine or trying to catch up late at night, which was causing me to stay awake and not get good sleep. So I want to get into the habit of drinking enough water and water is great not only because it hydrates the body but it also helps push those nutrients from food to get to the right parts of your body and fuel you in a way that keeps you energized and then my third goal for the month of april is to have a light dinner you know sometimes i wake up feeling bloated And I know that the last meal has to be the light meal because I'm becoming sedentary, getting ready for bed at night. And that food, if you have a heavy meal, it's just going to sit on you. And not to mention, it can make it harder to sleep at night because you're feeling some indigestion. So those are my goals for April. In terms of my business, I have to admit that I did not meet a goal that I set for myself in January. Regarding my apparel brand, I've had some great little spots of sales, but I was really hoping to clear out my inventory by the end of March. So I'm still navigating that. But on the positive side, I have secured representation. Uh, So I have an amazing manager slash agent slash mentor 
who is working to move my personal brand forward and uh, secure some opportunities for me. Really excited about that and hoping to share more detailed information in a future episode. Uh, But that's what I'm doing for my mind, body and business. Have you checked in with yourself at least once a week, every seven days? It doesn't have to be Wednesday. Your check in could be Sunday. It could be Friday, but don't allow yourself to go more than seven days without saying, hey, how am I doing? Uh, mentally, emotionally, how are my personal and business goals progressing? Check in with yourself and make any necessary adjustments. All right, now let's jump into this hodgepodge of an episode. I'm talking about three different things and I have my notes here to make sure that I stay on topic and I communicate everything that I set out to communicate. I look at comments, I listen to the ladies that I coach and I observe, I'm an observer. I'm like, what are people struggling with? And how can I help them find solutions inside of this podcast? So I'm going to be talking about capacity. What does it feel like when you're at capacity and how do you make sure that you aren't overdoing it? Also pushing your limits. We hear that a lot. What is the difference between being burned out and just feeling unmotivated and lazy? And then lastly, I'm talking about action oriented goals because it's very common to make vague goals that you can't measure. So I want to help you understand what an action-oriented goal is and how to be more specific in your approach. So let's begin by talking about capacity. Now, if I had to define what capacity is, I would say it's basically when can't nothing else fit, okay? Um, Your genes have a certain capacity. You know, you jumping up and down, you doing them yoga poses, all of that ain't gonna fit in them jeans. So knowing your capacity, when it comes to clothes, when it comes to how much you eat, knowing your stomach's capacity, knowing your mental and emotional capacity, how much you can handle in terms of taking on responsibilities and stress, a lot of stress that does not belong to you. I'm learning a lot about capacity and how for many years I've been exceeding my capacity, especially when it comes to my feelings. So the exact definition of capacity is the maximum amount that something can contain, the amount that something can produce. So this is double-sided. It's how much that you can take on in terms of receiving, and it's also capacity when it comes to output. Within the past couple of weeks, I've been forced to respect my capacity, especially my mental capacity. I would find myself in this cycle of waking up early in the morning, starting my day about 4, 4.30 a.m., training virtually, then doing the morning show, then right after that, trying to do a bunch of other tasks, whether it's running errands, cleaning the house, tending to my apparel brand business, working on graphics. I mean, you name it. I was just going back to back to back. And what was happening was that I was already at my capacity following the completion of the morning show. But because I kept going, I was only giving those other tasks, those other responsibilities, and sometimes responsibilities associated with attention that my children needed. So now this is spilling over into my loved one's lives because I was trying to operate beyond my capacity. Those things that needed my full attention began to suffer. And so what does it feel like when you've reached capacity? When you start to feel foggy in your brain, You can't remember details. You can't get motivated to create. Your body just feels weak. You feel sleepy. You actually feel like you're stretching yourself. And you know, the scary thing about capacity and overdoing it 
is that sometimes we can stay in a cycle of going beyond our capacity that we begin to think that this is normal. It's normal to function and do things back to back without breaks. And for a long time, I felt that way. It was normal for me to go from 4.30 in the morning all the way to eight o'clock at night. And when I would tell people what I did during my day, they would actually say, Maria, I feel exhausted just hearing you explain what you did in your day. I would literally do in a day what some people would do in a whole week. And it was just too much. I was stretching myself. I began to suffer not only physically, but also mentally. So I encourage you to pay attention to your body. If you feel like your body is trying to slow you down, because really that is what your body is designed to do to protect you when you're overdoing it. It gives you signs that you need to slow down. If you can't think clearly, if you feel physically exhausted, if you are irritable, that is a huge sign that you are going beyond your capacity. Looking for paying attention to and respecting those signs is really going to be a game changer. And I want you to think about this. If you are giving 100% and I'm going to use myself as an example, I'm giving myself 100% from 4.30 a.m. to about 9.30 a.m. I'm going hard. I'm fully focused. I am at max effort. And then I try to keep going after I've been going at 100%. That next task is going to go down to about 75%. And the next task, I'm only going to give about 60%, 50%. So um, I'm going to suffer if the outcome is associated with my progress or someone else is going to suffer if my performance is associated with progress outside of me. So it's really important to respect when your body is saying, slow down, take a break. And it's not that you can't continue to do things, but to give yourself a break to reset. You know, this is why roller coasters, and I've used this example in the podcast before, roller coasters aren't more than three minutes. You know, we just got back from a big amusement park in Orlando and I don't do roller coasters. It just don't make my body feel good. But some people, I get it. It's the thrill. It's the adrenaline rush, right? And so my daughter, who was 11 years old and taller than me and looking like a little woman, oh, heart be still, she wanted to get on this ride that has like these plunges, you know, and it it goes fast. It curves around something that I rode one time by mistake and will never do it again. But, you know, I try not to put my fears on my children, but there's something in my mind that makes me feel like, you know what? It was a horrible experience for me. They got my DNA. It's going to be a horrible experience for them too. And so I'm working to shake that off. So my daughter decides she wants to get on this ride, this roller coaster with her cousin. I do my mama thing. I'll walk her all the way up, watch her get on the roller coaster. And my nerves are just bad as I'm walking down the ramp to get to where the end of the ride is. And all I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, what is my baby going through? Is she scared? What's going to happen to her body? And then I Google online, well, how long is this roller coaster? And so, you know, in my mind, I'm just extra. So I'm thinking, oh Lord, my baby going to be on this roller coaster for an hour and a half. (laughs) What's going to happen to her body? And so I looked it up and the roller coaster is three minutes, three minutes. Most roller coasters are no more than three minutes. Why? Because the body cannot sustain that kind of rush, those kind of thrills, those kind of dips, those upside down loops and all of the, um, 
fast paced, like what it does to your body. It's fun for a short period of time and you can enjoy it for a short period of time. But imagine being on a roller coaster for 30 minutes. It's just too much. So your body, when it comes to capacity and your mind, when it comes to capacity, it works the same way. We're not designed to be extreme all day, every day. You need breaks. And when you respect the breaks and you come back re-energized with a clear mind, good food in your body, good rest, you can give more effort and more attention to that new task instead of only giving it 60-50% because you try to keep going beyond your capacity. The next thing I want to talk about, which is related to capacity, is, you know, pushing your limits, Um, understanding the difference between being unmotivated versus genuinely feeling burned out. Like, what is the difference? Because sometimes we can actually be pushing that capacity. And then when we get those signs from our bodies and our minds to say, all right, now (laughs) that's enough. You need to chill out and sit down. We begin to feel guilty about it or say, Things like, oh, I'm just being lazy. I I need to keep going. I need to push through. You know, the grind culture has taught us that. Keep going. I can sleep when I die. I think it's just such a very toxic mindset. But there are instances when you are actually lazy and unmotivated and you should get up and do something. But the question of the year, of the century, is how can you tell the difference between being unmotivated and lazy and needing to get up off your butt and take action versus, you know what, you've been going too hard, you're burnt out, you need to sit down. And the answer to this question varies from person to person because I've seen people who are just machines. You know, very focused, very intentional. They stick to the schedule, they get things done. They're able to really block out distractions and they are just productive people. And I'm sure... That type of uh, routine and behavior takes time, it takes practice, it takes consistency. And then sometimes people are just born with it. You know, they're raised that way, uh, which is totally fine. But I think the average person trying to take on, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 tasks in one day with no breaks in between, that's going to lead to burnout, especially when you're not only pushing your limits physically, but also emotionally. Maybe you're going through a tough time or you had some bad interactions on the job or you and your spouse aren't getting along, your kids are cutting up. That can lead to burnout when you're trying to put work and creativity and focus on top of that. So it's very important to be mindful of all of the things that you have on your plate. And that is the evidence right there. When it's overwhelming, it's overflowing, you've gone beyond your capacity, that is when you know, okay, I'm at that burnout level. Conversely, there's this unmotivated, lazy space that I think many of us, if not all of us, have fallen into. You know, when you just kind of laying down and know you should be doing something and you just don't feel like doing it, you're just so unmotivated. And this oftentimes happens with me when I let things pile up and I procrastinate it for a long period of time. Or say, I need to put my laundry away because I don't know about you and I'm just going to call myself out. Every now and then I'll do laundry and I'll grab my clean clothes out the dryer and leave the rest of them in there. Come back maybe four or five days later before I take everything out of the dryer. I know, please don't judge me. Sometimes when it's like laundry, it's dishes, it's cleaning the house, it's meeting deadlines for projects at work and doing things inside of my business, it can all be 
overwhelming and that can lead to you feeling unmotivated and just sitting around and doing nothing. A solution that I found was helpful for me, eating that elephant one bite at a time. And I'll use my closet as an example. Lots of clothes piled up in there. And whenever I would open the door to my closet, I would just look at everything that needed to be put away and organized and possibly donated. And I would just do a U-turn and say, I'm not dealing with it. But then I said, you know what, Maria, you've been doing these U-turns for about three weeks now. And had you said... I'm going to do that corner on Monday and I'm going to do those three shelves on Tuesday and I'm going to take all of these things that need to be donated off of the hangers and in a big plastic bag on Thursday and then I'm going to drop them off at the Goodwill on Friday. If I just broke it down piece by piece, I would be way more motivated. This is what I have learned about myself. Pay attention to what's working. Pay attention to those patterns. Pay attention to the times that you're overwhelmed and try to implement some solutions that make sense and inspire you to take action. And since this is a fitness podcast, I would love to use that whole ideology um, and apply it to how you approach your fitness goals. Quite often I have women come to me who want to lose 30 pounds or more, and that can be overwhelming. You see so many ads and posts on social media where people talk about, ooh, lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Is that even possible? Well, it is possible to drop water weight and drastically reduce your caloric intake to lose weight. Uh, the most weight that I've seen one of my clients lose was about 25 pounds in one month, but she started out obese. So it was easier for her at the beginning, but by the second and third month, she wasn't losing weight as fast. And so when people see others achieving rapid weight loss, you know, you automatically think, I don't want to wait. I want to see my results quickly. And oftentimes people end up crashing and burning because the methods to achieve results in that period of time are very extreme. Lots of deprivation, lots of sacrifice. It requires an extreme amount of focus. And if you think about it, if you were that focused and you were that disciplined, you wouldn't be dealing with the weight issues or the health issues or anything related to fitness that you're trying to improve in the first place. So one, you really have to know yourself. And then number two, you know, people overestimate what they can do in a short period of time and they underestimate what they can do with more time, like three months, six months. You can realistically lose 30 pounds in three to six months and it can be very sustainable. You don't have to sacrifice a whole lot of stuff that you enjoy. You can pace yourself. You can enjoy the journey and you can become a different person, a person that enjoys eating healthy, nutrient dense foods, a person who is disciplined about going to bed on time and drinking water and exercising and loving it and looking forward to going to the gym and not letting anyone mess with that sacred time. You can become that person if you pace yourself. I'm going back to the example of the closet. When you see a whole lot of stuff that needs to be done, a whole lot of weight that needs to be lost, it can be overwhelming. But what if you just focused on losing two pounds in one week and the specific actions that are required to achieve that goal? Week by week, month by month, year by year, you're going to see some great results that you will be able to realistically sustain. And I think this is a good time to transition to 
action-oriented goals, how to set standards for yourself that you are 100% in control of. Because you can't control the number that you're going to see on the scale every morning. You think you can. And trust me, I done played them games. You know, you step on the scale and it's not the number you want. You pick that thing up, go to the left corner, and then it's still not the number you want. Then you're like, "Mm, I know these draws weigh about 0.2 ounces. Let me take these off. Oh, the trickery (laughs) that we go through to get that number uh, where we want it to be. But that number does not represent all of your choices. That number could be, oh, well, you only ate one slice of pizza yesterday, and that's why you're seeing weight loss because it just wasn't enough calories but is that a sustainable way to live eating a slice of pizza every day no other nutrients no of course not so action-oriented goals puts you in the driver's seat you are 100% in control so instead of setting the goal of I want to lose five pounds which is an okay goal think about the actions associated with achieving that goal I want to eat a salad with protein for dinner for seven nights in a row. That is an action-oriented goal. You are 100% in control of achieving that. You know, all you got to do is get the ingredients, put them in the bowl, and eat them. And you also have to understand when it comes to the scale, you don't know why it's fluctuating. It could be close to that time of the month. You could be holding on to stress weight. Maybe if you're weight training, you could have inflamed muscles that are showing up on the scale. Um, That's why I encourage many of the women I coach to have a pair of tester pans. So these are the pans that you may need to jump into. You may need to do a few stretches and yoga poses to get them things up. You know, you may need to lay down on your bed to get that zipper up. So these are your tester jeans and you want to gradually be able to slide them things up without feeling like you're doing a workout because it's not just about the number of the scale. Um, We want to be healthy on the inside out. And if you do have the desire to enhance yourself aesthetically, you know, the scale is not always going to show you that you could be losing weight, but not really getting that appearance you want because you're not lifting weights. And we all know that lifting weights gives women specifically curves. It helps boost your basal metabolic rate. This enhances your body's ability to burn more fat as fuel. So those are all things to consider. But instead of overwhelming yourself with achieving a huge goal, whether it's for your mind, body, or business, break that thing down and think, how can I be action-oriented? What is something that I can control? I can control how much water I drink. I can control how long I exercise. I can control what time I go to bed. I can control my serving size, right? Because starting out, you may be like, oh my gosh, prepping meals is just too much. Well, look at what you're already doing. Can you consistently scale back the portion size? That's a great start. And so once you find your rhythm there, then you add on another goal and you add on another goal. And I'm telling you, you will become a pro at it the more consistent you are. So hopefully you found a few gems and helpful tips inside of this episode. And as always, you can shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram at MBBPod. That is the official page for the Mind, Body, and Business podcast, MBBPod, which leads me to today's Tell Me More question. So Tell Me More is pretty much all of our wonderful listeners of this podcast. You get a chance to shoot me an email 
actually a DM with your question, mind, body, business related. Most of the time it is related to fitness like today's question is. So this one comes from Amanda. She is representing Texas, Dallas, Texas, to be exact. And she said, Maria, I have been working so hard to get in shape. The first three months I started on my weight loss journey, I lost about 17 pounds. So congratulations to you, Amanda. Uh, But she said her weight loss stalled and she has still been working out five days a week, still reducing her calories. And she's trying to figure out why has her weight loss stalled? Why isn't she seeing results anymore? I want you to understand that the body responds to change. The longer you do something, the more the body adapts to it. That's why I don't count the days that I teach my dance fitness classes as workouts because my body is used to that physical activity. I've already adjusted my caloric intake from week to week to give me the energy I need to teach those classes. So here are a couple of things you can do to kind of reset your metabolism or shake things up so that you can start seeing results again. Uh, Number one, carb load. That's probably not what you thought I was going to tell you to do, but resetting your metabolism is very important, especially if you've gone weeks and weeks and weeks with a calorie deficit, carb loading or having a treat meal or two in one day um, and also taking a rest day is a great way to reset your metabolism. Many bodybuilders who are trying to put on weight and gain muscle and gaining muscle is really good because muscle is metabolically active so it enhances your body's ability to burn fat as fuel. So many bodybuilders after they Um, dry out and they get all the way down to their ideal weight for a stage. And this is what I learned from my experience bodybuilding. Um, They do what they call reverse dieting. So they slowly add those calories back in to get to a healthy weight. So it could be that you've been maintaining a calorie deficit for too long. It could also be that your body is getting used to the times that you work out. So if you've been working out at 6 a.m. every day or five days a week, For the past three months, your body is used to that. So try switching your workout days, putting a rest day in between your heavy lifting days because it could be that your body is changing, but you're just not seeing that number on a scale change because you picked up some lean muscle, which is a good thing. So definitely take your pictures, compare them side by side from three months ago to now. And if you're seeing those changes in your body composition, I wouldn't worry too much about the scale, especially if you're doing the right things as it relates to nutrition, exercise, getting your water in, and also good getting a good amount of rest. So try one or all three of those things And I'm pretty certain that you're going to get back on track and starting to see the results that you want to see. And also never rule out that there could be an underlying medical condition that could be standing in the way of you continuing to make progress. So if you feel like you are making all of the necessary adjustments, but things still aren't changing, I believe that that warrants a visit to your doctor just to make sure that there isn't an underlying health condition. All right, thank you again for that question, Amanda. And if you would like to submit a question for the Mind, Body, and Business podcast, be sure to shoot me a DM on Facebook or Instagram at MVBpod. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Be sure to follow this podcast and share it with your friends and family. I would also greatly appreciate a rating or review in Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. Remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday. Plus, you can stay connected with Mind, Body, and Business at MVB Pod on Instagram and Facebook. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ear and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Take care.